a bunch of witty bitches. Hey, Papa. Hey, I have a quip. You have a quip. We'll put that to a quip. It's just cadals. That's a go-to for newcomer beepers, I've noticed. Just, is it really? Keep it Dang, in I'm yeah, not the just, first to do that? <laughs> no, I'm sorry. Oh. But it's still a delight. Dang. It's still great. Yeah, it's still yeah. a delight. It's still a fantastic beep. But just because other people beep like that doesn't mean you shouldn't beep like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's, that's like, true. it's, yeah, it's, it's almost... Told me. Exactly, exactly. Uh, And speaking of which, whose magical voice is joining us today? You know, normally you got me, Max. Mm -hmm. You got this one, Hunter. (coughs) Yeah, this one. You got only one person out there on the West Coast, Chase. But today, we got a little bit of an extra. It's like 50-50 West West Coastian. Yeah, now it's half and half. We can't really, yeah, we can't bully Chase around with our Midwest... Texan, Texan draw, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Some Westerners out here. Yeah. Uh, we got Mr. Blessing Adioye. There we go. Yep. Yo, wow. what's up? Yeah, from OK Beast. That's awesome, yeah. man. Thank you. So you are a uh, essentially. You have OK Beast. You do a few podcasts, I noticed. Not just the OK Beast podcast, but a few little yep. like side project podcasts as well. You have a whole website dedicated to pretty much everything games and everything. In between, can you kind of break that down a little bit? Exactly what you do on there? Yeah, so like the tagline of OK Beast is games and culture. And yeah. kind of the reason for that was because like my whole passion is games, right? And I wanted to uh, get into like talking and writing about games, but at the same time, I didn't want to like limit myself. And so I was like, I'll just add culture on the, there. <laughs> and, so, like, culture. and culture, because that's yeah. a little bit of spice but, on top. Yeah. <laughs> but also, I have like a passion for like music and tv and movies and everything entertainment and so i kind of wanted to make an outlet for myself to express express myself i guess um yeah and over the like the, the last year it's kind of even grown beyond that which has been crazy and so uh yeah that's pretty yeah, much what been, okb says it's, it's been dope cool. watching that i feel like i met you on twitter just before you launched that thing launched yeah. your website and like yeah. watching it just spiral into having like some serious momentum now it's kick-ass and like we've this has been way too late this the blessing and witty banter crossover thing mm-hmm. because you had me on your show like months and months ago and so we're finally returning the favor and hunter we have a new ally on the show with us right now blessing is a man who knows the definitive truth that Diddy Kong Racing is the oh, best car racer. Hands down, like <laughs> oh, Diddy Kong no. Racing is art. Like I love, I love Mario <laughs> Kart. 64. Like I, lo- I love Mario Kart sixty four, but Diddy Kong Racing, like as, as far as like game design, like they had to design a game with tracks where you could both fly, drive, yeah. and like hover, basically surf oh, around. No, no, and, no. You had to design. Know, there's tracks. a lot of thought put into that game. Enjoy. Isn't it you great to just like know the truth and share the truth <laughs> with other yeah. people? You guys act oh, yeah, like the hovercraft was ever a viable. Hovercraft is a viable. What stage was it? Oh viable? yeah, on all of the water stages. Water stages. <laughs> oh no, dude, you guys are. Crazy. In which the airplanes are also, but the cars not so much. You guys enjoy your niche little cute racing game. Mario Kart 64 is still the best. Whatever you say, bro. No. It's the second best. I don't think Mario Kart's got boss fights, so. Yeah, that's true. That's, that's true. 
Yeah, that is rough. <laughs> Fuck. Call me up Damn when you got a whiz pig in there. <laughs> oh, does it have Rainbow Road? <laughs> whiz pig is a repulsive asshole. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that dude's a dick. He's a great boss, though. <laughs> One thing I will say is that every time I, because I never really played Diddy Kong Racing, I never sat down and like owned the game and beat it or anything, mm-hmm. right? But when I go to somebody's house and I'd be like trying to maneuver through the menus, I would get so confused about how to pick a fucking stage. Because it was like the grid system. Yeah. And everything dude. looked the same. And I was just like always just scrolling around. And sometimes they weren't unlocked. And I'd be like, what the fuck am I even? I'm like, I'm like, oh, I'm playing the same one for the fifth time. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. And yeah. then the challenge courses too, dude. Yeah. And then some of them didn't, weren't actually race but courses. But they were better than race courses. Like, what the fuck is this? You nonsense. Garbage. <laughs> but, but yeah, man, yeah. it's awesome to have you. Yeah, Sounds like you're cut you. from the same cloth. And it is really exciting oh, yeah. having you on here. Yeah. For now sure, yeah. Thank you so much for having me on. Yeah, man. We really appreciate it. Um, and and you polite. We're able to. Yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> modest. It's great. Uh, but you were actually able to join us for the beer tasting today as well, right? Yep. Yeah, that's always the best part. That is, is the best when part, we yeah. get this many people in this many different places, all with the same we brew in hand. They all align. Yeah. yeah. Taste the beers from three different climates. So <laughs> it's perfect. But today we are drinking the uh, Sierra Nevada Pale Ale. A handcrafted ale, like it says on the bottom here. Uh, Hunter, can you kind of break this beer down a little bit? I can't. This is a very, con- like, not common as in, like, uh, just a, a common man's beer. But it is a it is a very accessible beer. It's, it's, it's available everywhere, right? And when you go to the Sierra Nevada website, which is also a very accessible and highly regarded <laughs> brewery, um, I was about to say, I thought you were going to say the website is also incredibly accessible. It's got a nice little yeah. dot com at the end. <laughs> yeah, go to your URL, type it in, and it shows right up. Yeah. <laughs> um, but on the very front, they got the pale ale, like as the shining star, and it says, The beginning, a classic, our most popular beer. And so underneath, they have a little bit of a description. It's unique piney and grapefruit aromas from the use of whole cone American hops have fascinated beer drinkers for decades and made this beer a classic. Yet it remains new, complex, and surprising to thousands of beer drinkers every day. It is... Surprising. <laughs> it is as it always has been, all natural, bottle conditioned, and refreshingly bold. Huh. Mm. It is 5.6% alcohol by volume. It's got some beginning and ending gravity specs. Not going to go there. Uh, yeah, not even touching those. But yeah. it's 38 IB. Once we really get our shit down, we'll start being like, but the gravity. I mean, what about the what fucking the... gravity on this thing? <laughs> um, but it's got 38 IBUs. And um, okay. Yeah, so this is one that, this is like kind of breaking ground, I know for me, probably for Chase as well, where like usually we go for beers that we've never had. I've had yeah. this in a lot of quantity. So it'll be, the, it'll be one of the first times that on air I review a beer outside of Shitty Banner where we did all all the kind of yeah, you know yeah. whatever beers, but where I review a beer that I genuinely like, but I've had it a lot. So it'll be interesting. It'll be a different yeah. take on it, you know. And so I have, I have a question, blessing. We've been doing this show for a while now, pretending like we know anything about beer. What is your experience with beer drinking? How are you approaching this review? What's what's the shindig? Man, I know nothing about beer. Like, <laughs> I, yeah, like I've never been like against drinking or anything like that. Like, not even remotely. But I grew up in like a very like Christian household, and I mean, my parents drink and stuff. Like, they don't. So it's mostly drink a lot. Um, <laughs> wait, say that again. 
said, so it was mostly wine. Yeah, it's mostly wine. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's not even a joke. It's mostly wine. Uh, and like, I, I mean, I think wine was like the only like alcohol I had before I was twenty one because like New Year we just turn up, but. Uh, yeah, we just go fucking ham. Oh yeah, just, that's, that was the day where we just like went off. Uh, but yeah, no, like I I drink every now and then. Like if I had to like put like a timestamp on it, maybe like once every few weeks I'll have a drink. Nice, but that's about uh, yeah, I'm not really like a yeah. common drinker, and so I don't even know how I'm approaching this one. I guess I'm approaching it as like somebody who doesn't drink a lot, and I'm sure there's. I mean, yeah. I know there's a lot of people like me, and so um, yeah, I, I mean, I'm totally. I mean. I, th- I think this is a good uh, beer for you to be reviewing as well, because like Hunter mm-hmm. was saying, like this beer is everywhere, you know, it's and that's an also entry kind point of a- beer, I think. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. this is one of the quintessential staples for if you're going to try, like if you're going to have someone for the first time, be like, I want to try a craft beer. This is a very safe option to go. I mean, this the reason why we're drinking it now is because we're all in different locations in the country and it's so heavily distributed that you can find yeah. it everywhere because it is that popular. It's out. It's in almost every bar. So. Anyway, I haven't had a chance to take a sip yet. I've seen um, you, Max, and Hunter have, so let us know how it is. Well. So on our pours, um, not a whole lot of header on this one. Um, It's nice and filtered. You can see right through this little baby. Uh, A nice little golden hue. Very uh, apple juice colored. Mm -hmm. Well well put. Thank you. (laughs) And uh, it's just crisp. It's just nice and like refreshing and uh it goes down easy and you know it has like the slightest amount of bitterness but like i wouldn't call it a bitter beer at all yeah it's almost just kind of all at the end yeah i just feel like it kind of it's just like it's like it's like it's poking you in a lot of different things but it's like nothing's too like too much and I like just light little pokes. You're not like actually little being tickled. enjoyable pokes. You're like, <laughs> yeah, but it's not like it's a tickle. Just, it's yeah, like a little right. tickle. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm liking it. I like it so far. Yeah, it is super like creamy, almost like it's not thin. It's definitely not thick, but it's smooth as hell. Mm-hmm. That's sort of what I've been able to pick up first. I don't really get any flavors yet, right? From it, you know. Uh, but I, I can I can comment right now, you know, before we go into the rest of the show, that it's really drinkable and it uh, it finishes really smooth, you know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I agree. I can see why why you pointed this out as like a good entry point because I feel like this one it's 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 not pushing me away at all. Like I I I can drink it and not feel like I'm being destroyed. Because I, I I had a beer like the other day that I drank a beer the other day and I was like, man, how do people even do th- do this sometimes? <laughs> this is like milkshake. Yeah. <laughs> but no, this one I'm I'm feeling, uh, and I agree with you that like I I, I don't really taste the flavor uh, at all at, at the first sip. Um, but I think I mean it's grapefruit, and so like I feel like grapefruits in general for me at least like I don't really get yeah. any I don't I don't get much flavor out of grapefruits. Like they have that like bitterness to them. Yeah, and so I feel. This one, I feel like it is living up to like the grapefruit thing. Does that yeah. make sense? The spirit, it's the spirit beer of the grapefruit. It's, yeah, well, exactly. Grapefruit's almost like a sense of bitterness more than it is a flavor, I find. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's not much to like the flavor of grapefruit, you know, but I do like grapefruit every now and again. But yeah, we're digging Word. this one. Yeah, that's cool. Yes, it is quite a delicious beer, you know. 
So sometimes I drink beer. <laughs> hey, this is where the segue is supposed to happen. <laughs> hey, I just giggled, man. Yeah, you were all set up to up. roll right into yeah, it, bro. Yeah, I was going to absolutely. I mean, yeah. <laughs> anyway, so this <laughs> is witty banter. Ooh. What did that sound like? That reminded me of a... Um... It sounded like Mr. Krabs on the phone talking Dude, to the yeah. robots, man. <laughs> it was. It reminded me of like... That's a fun song. Thank you oh, for yeah. bringing that in. I can see you're opening up a little bit with your beeps. I really like that. Yeah. 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 I, try to be, I try to be modest with it. I'm like... I, I feel like my modest beeps are kind of... Uh, they're... They represent who I am. I feel like yeah, I'm a modest sure. person. Dude, that is exactly what I was going to say, is that like for the longest time, <laughs> every time that we had a guest on this show, the beeps tell your soul. They, they, are, they, they, they tell about a person. They tell who you are. So you've got a modest soul. Nice. <laughs> Thank you. Appreciate Breaking it. Breaking it down in here. <laughs> oh, man. And the thing about having a modest soul what, is what? that... What's the thing about that? Tell me. Even if you play violent video games, <laughs> that doesn't necessarily mean that you're not modest or not have antisocial behavior. Let's take, for instance, this study that I recently found. Uh, oh. So I did read an article recently that uh, comes out and says that violent video games have no effect at all on antisocial behavior, right? Which I think is something that like, I kind of wanted to talk about, mostly because... I have always been an advocate for like the disconnect between video games and your actual personality when it comes to being a violent person or for being an antisocial person or any specific person like that. Mm -hmm. And this study pretty much comes out and says that that is the case. So it reads here, another study on video games and violence has been undertaken, this time looking at whether games with more violent content influences the ability for the gamer to be more empathetic towards other individuals. The answer, spoiler, is no. Uh, <laughs> the new study essentially considered the relationship between playing video games uh, rated at having a higher uh, violent content with antisocial behavior, such as a rise in aggression and or lower levels of empathy. What they ended up doing is they essentially just like took all these long-term gamers Mm. brought them in and they showed them like those pictures of images you know they'd be like look a puppy <laughs> and if they were like oh they would be like okay cool this guy definitely has a lot of empathy right okay. or they'd be like hey look at this beheaded person they'd be like mm. <laughs> yeah it's mm, not for me don't like that don't like that one at all right and then not only that but they would actually be analyzing their brain at the same time and see how their brain actually reacted and then they also did the same thing with people who don't play these long-term or haven't been playing games for a very long time and when it says violent games it means like Everything from Call of Duty to like God of War and those sort of violent games, okay. right? And I just thought it was interesting because it says that there is like no correlation at all hmm. between playing violent video. You could never see a violent video game in your life and still be equally as likely to be antisocial or just a violent person in nature. Hmm. Yeah, which I don't know. I thought that was pretty interesting. Yeah. Yeah. What a, What about the difference between seeing these things and like? being exposed to a sort of violence you, that you've never seen before and that, like, I don't know. It, it, it's hard to to draw a difference between what about people who maybe get inspired by what they see versus just how they change behaviorally from seeing it, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I always tend to think, too, like, if you're a person that likes violent things, 
and being violent, wouldn't you just like violent vo- or like movies, movies and video games mm. and things like that? Like it's not a causation kind of thing. Like you're you're basically just saying that video games and playing and being um being exposed to violent video games per se doesn't necessarily like make you want to do more violent shit. It might be the other way around. We're like if you like Being violent, violent shit, person. you'd be more prone to like violent games. That's true. But also at the same time, I can feel like I can be 100% empathetic towards everybody in the world. Uh-huh. I can have a heart. I can have a soul. I cannot ever want to see somebody die. And I feel like if I ever like saw something in real life, like if you ever like see something in real life that's like horrifying or violent or disgusting, you can have a completely different reaction than seeing something in a video game context, no matter how like realistic that they make it because it's still like the cinematic experience or it's still like the story experience. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, I I will say that with these studies, I feel like thousands of them come out all, I feel like I'm always hearing about a new study on video games and violence. And I honestly feel like they're constantly conflicting with each other, you know, all of the the research. I I feel like the, yeah, well, I feel like they always come out to try to be like, we can definitively say now that violence is not, uh, emboldened by video games and then you'll have a study that says the exact opposite like I'm pretty sure they've done research in the military where they 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 have said that exposing soldiers to violent video games actually does help lower the threshold of those who can go and like pull a trigger in combat not that it like makes them want to kill people but that like it helps them get to the point where they could do that <clears throat> and that's also based on research you know what I mean I think that that's like training though and that's a part of like getting somebody ready for something yeah it's conditioning as opposed to like a lifestyle and like that kind of thing like if you went somewhere the choice the choice to align yourself with that absolutely and it's just yeah i think that they're getting themselves in the mindset to do that you know so i can definitely see where that would be coming from but it is i mean it is interesting i mean i remember one of our first episodes it might have been even the fourth one i'm not sure but we we did discuss how um Video games are a scapegoat for the whole violence thing. And like how like parents often say like video games, violent video games, they, they, they point the finger way too quickly to say that like violent video games are the cause for violent behavior. And uh, yeah, it's just like, a, you know, it's good that at least that research is being done to try and show either way. You know, kind of I think that's understandable. Thing. I think it's understandable, though, like why that's always the quick judgment, because when you see like when you when you are a, if you're a parent, you've never played games and your kids are playing games. What you see on the screen is very violent imagery. And you see that your kid is like the prime. He's the one making it happen. He or she's the one doing it. Right. But I think oftentimes um, what's what's always what is usually forgotten is that like video games aren't strictly like a visual thing like when you're playing a game you're sort of in this weird state where your your hand your hands and your eyes are are, inter, are interacting in such a way that like a, even though call of duty is represented as like soldiers killing each other it might actually be more akin to some sort of weird like tag video game tag you know it's it's not necessarily that killing people with bullets in this game is what makes it fun it's literally just like the movements and the skill set and performing the actions that makes the game fun you know what i mean no absolutely and the lack of consequence too right like you you kill that guy virtually but yeah like anything it's a game and it's a sport it's like taking it into esports you know what i mean like counter-strike is a lot more of a game you know that's what's like 
feeding into people's desire for it. It's the competitive nature of it. Not like you can put any paint of coat or any skin on top of that game. It could be, you know, just replace all the bullets with mini water balloons and whatever you want. You know what I mean? And it's still like if it has those mechanics, that's what's drawing you into the game. The whole like aesthetic yeah. of it is just because the perception of, you know, the army is usually like being cool, you know what I mean? Or like mm -hmm. something like tough and like, you know, an adventure, you know what I mean? So, hey, you kids like tough stuff? Hey, <laughs> buy a new tough game. But yeah. <laughs> Toughgame.com. <laughs> I've just always been somebody who's been an advocate for like 100% disassociating like my personality with like my interest in violent things, you know what I mean? Hmm. Like I just disassociate, or my empathy rather, like my social behaviors. Right. And not associating them with like being the social behaviors that I like to watch or do in a video game. So, yeah, I feel like yeah. I feel like it's a hard thing in some ways, though, because like I think of a game like Gone Home or like a game that is kind of of an opposite vein of like a violent video game. Right. Like a game where you are either building a relationship or a game that has to do with like. Uh, learning like about like yeah like self-discovery or like learning about an LGBT character and I feel like those games I don't know if the, how many studies have been done on them but like I feel like those games do a good job of doing the opposite thing of like building up empathy for like either like LB LGBT characters or like a game like uh, That Dragon Cancer which is all about like a kid who gets cancer <laughs> and Dude, this yeah. is like father's life so yeah like I feel like games like that uh, do a great job of building yeah building empathy and so it's hard for me to like it's it's hard for me to come at it very objectively as me being somebody who is really into video games and who like is actually passionate about video games um and i find i i think this issue is weird because people look at it from different directions right like my sister i remember um a couple years ago i was playing last of us in front of my sister and my sister, like, the only game she really loves is Mario, right? She loves Mario 64, and she loves Super Mario 3. Like, those are her two, two of her favorite games. And right. she, like, she sees me playing Last of Us, and she's like, why do games have to be, like, so violent? And I couldn't really answer the question because, like, I kind of I understood even though Last of Us, to me, is, like, this work of art, right? Like, it has a story that is, like, deep and touching, well done, well written, has good characters. Yet, like, she... When you, when you look at this game from somebody who's not, like, into video games, you just see, like, people, like, brutally murdering each other. Which is fair, because, like, <laughs> if you look at it, it's people brutally murdering each other. <laughs> what was yeah, the that, achievement that, that, that I just is. got was brutal murder 30 points. Because, <laughs> <laughs> like, a thing just popped up on the screen that just said yeah. you... <laughs> yeah, but, like, uh, for, like, for, like, many parents or, like, many grandparents or many people that, like, aren't into video games, what they know as video games, or at least what they used to know as video games, is, like, Super Mario... But fast forward to now, they see, like, Call of Duty, GTA, Mortal Kombat. I guess they did have Mortal Kombat back then, but, like, Mortal Kombat yeah. X or whatever Mortal is, Kombat like, now. a million times more violent. And, like, yeah. they, see, they, they see the games that we get now, and then I think worry starts to brew. And I think it's an understandable worry, even though I don't know, like, the studies is a weird thing, too, because I agree with Chase that, like, you kind of see studies come from, like, every side. Like, if I have a point to prove, then I can find a study that right. proves that point. Always, yeah. Yep. Um, yeah. And so, like, I mean, for me, at least, like, I play a lot of violent games. I know, like, I'm not, a vi I'm, like, the opposite of a violent person. Like, I'm very, like, uh, I'm a very, very modest soft, person. I'm, I'm very modest. Yeah. Very <laughs> modest. No. But, like, yeah, it's, it's, be it's difficult because modestly I, I, violent. Yeah. I think there, I think there is a place of object, ob objectivity uh, to kind of meet at. And also, like, there, 
there are unique situations when it comes to comes to this like even when you think of like school shooters and like oh they all happen to play like shooting games and stuff and was it because they're violent is that why they got into the game or is it because they have a me- like mental issues and then playing the game like ignite those mental issues or like it, it's a, it's a difficult kind of thing i think yeah i mean to what you were saying i kind of am, in- am intrigued now to to wonder if there are studies that are taking the opposite side of the coin like are, are there studies that like okay when players play that dragon cancer or gone home how does it affect them at that point in time and mm-hmm. can those studies then become more public because like you were saying max and like hunter you were echoing it is always the violence that is highlighted and that's gone to first when there is this other side and i think that's just a general side effect of showing how pop how like the mainstream person views games who like isn't exposed to them mm-hmm. so that's why that that focus is always there but yeah I also think it's interesting to speculate. I mean, we've we've talked about like the parenting role, not to drag it out too much, but like the parenting role from a perspective that like they're not really associated with games, they don't know much about it. But even us, right? Like if we were to have kids in 10 years and the amount of realism and the amount of interactivity becomes even tenfold of what it is now, imagine your kid wearing a you know like a vr set and they're playing mm-hmm. last of us version 2025 <laughs> bloody murder simulator like, 15 ah, <laughs> you know what i mean and you're like well <laughs> honestly like, that's super is true. it okay like also but t- do you find do you think that you would be like <laughs> well i know games but fuck like is that a game? Back in my before? day, <laughs> like, I didn't have to actually gut the person open. I just enjoyed watching him get gut open. I didn't have to like twirl a dagger the way you yeah, do. Yeah, I just yeah mashed A, and that was what ripped his spine out. I mean, I didn't actually rip the spine out. So. To like piggyback though, like if, to, be, to piggyback off the parent thing, like I think also a large part of this does come from misunderstanding like game ratings, right? Like right. how many twelve year olds or eleven year olds do you see playing Call of Duty or Grand Theft Auto? And I mean, even when I was like nine i think i played san andreas oh yeah um at a friend's house that's and like (laughs) it it's 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 a difficult thing because uh people just kind of don't know like especially if you aren't into video games you might not even know what a rating is uh if if you're like a parent that just doesn't know and so um once again like parents look at these games and they see like violence and they see all this stuff and they're like oh i'm not gonna let my kid play this and it's like well it's not really for your kid right like the game says 17 and up um and so sure. yeah i think like i said like there's mis- misunderstanding from a lot of sides and i think people kind of need to come to a place of like figuring out like what's true what's appropriate what how if there's a problem how do we address it or is there a problem at all or are we just misunderstanding this whole medium <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah i think it's just a general leniency with video game ratings like ever since i mean i was like you said like you played san andreas when you were like nine but even mm-hmm. now like i think you look at you know these like t for teens or rated m and you're kind of just like okay it's more Who of a cares? suggestion you know what <laughs> yeah. i mean like really like it's almost like barely enforced it's like not like you would kind of look at like whoa this movie's rated like a r movie theater or something and you'd be yeah. like whoa i'm not gonna let you go see that movie son because that's mm-hmm. got boobies in it. i think it's just harder to control too <laughs> i mean how are you really going to enforce it after it's out it's out you know like it's out there <laughs> Yeah, unless you have an eleven-year-old like wanting an X-rated game or something, (laughs) they probably will. That's a good point about that VR, though. Anyway, what else we got going on this week? Anyone? 
I'll I'll take it. I'll take or the going helm. on this week, or anywhere in the near future. Okay, Hunter. <laughs> or anywhere in the far future. I was we just uh, chit chatting like with, with this guy. I think my niche on the show. If I'm just going to throw it out there, my favorite is na- shit. Is, it's nanobots, dude. It's future shit. Yeah. I got a, I got future bones in my body. Hunter's man. trying to make you his own a future boner in your pants, dude. <laughs> that. that. <laughs> yes. Um, and so this is no different, right? Um, my future boner this week is. <laughs> this, <laughs> my, my segment Hunter. should just be future boner. And now to Hunter with his future boner. <laughs> Um, so this comes from 3dprint.com. I wonder what it's about. <laughs> Do you um, frequent this website? Yeah. Do you own it? It's my own page. Uh, yeah, I subscribe. <laughs> um, so the, the, the title of the article, and it's kind of an amalgamation of different things going on. Uh, when Sun agrees to provide 100 3D printers to Saudi Arabian contractor for 1.5 million new homes. And... Basically, it says construction company Winsun may be based in China, but it may end up being best known for the work it does in the Middle East. Uh, Winsun was part of one of the biggest stories in 3D printing construction so far, the world's first 3D printed office building. Inaugurated in what Dubai. What does that even mean? Inaugurated in Dubai last Shh. year. Chase. It was made in 17 days. Uh, what the fuck? All right, so... Like, basically what they're doing is they contracted with this, this company called Al Mobti Contracting Company. I probably I love gutted guys. that. But this, contra- this agreement was worth $1.5 billion. And under the terms, Winsun will lease, will lease 100 3D printers to this contracting company and they will make 1.5 million affordable homes, a total of 30 million square meters of 3D uh, printed construction over the course of like a few years. It's not, it didn't say- This is incredible. It didn't say specifically, but this goes hand in hand with like other articles that I've read. Um, There's this one called um, Apis Core or something like that, where in Russia, in 24 hours, they built a 500 square foot home for $10,000 in a day, right? Dude. And the thing that's fucking crazy about this is like the amount of efficiency is basically endless, right? You have way less construction costs and labor costs. The amount of like the materials that you can use, you can use like renewable materials and stuff like recycled yeah, what, do you, what are materials. The, what are the materials? Is it plastics? Gen- generally cement, but okay. But they, how does it? How is something three D printing in cement? Dude, take a like a little <laughs> spout and break it down for us. You second. have an arm that is just moving around and doing layers, layer at a time from the bottom up. Good lord! And okay, and so it's additive. It's not subtractive, right? And so no, it's subtractive, right? It's not like sculpting shit oh, out, of, out of a into, block of cement. So you, or oh, anything. really? So it like right, yeah. So it's like from the ground oh. up. It like uh, like the one that was built in Russia, right? That was built in a day. It's um, it has just kind of like the center point. And Russia it, wasn't built in a day, bro, <laughs> actually. It has the center point in this arm that can you know go in and out and do different distances. And what's crazy is too like, you know the they'll they'll be doing it layer by layer but they can do like curved walls 
and shit, like stuff that you can't do in modern day construction, and they can do it way faster, way cheaper, and um, basically like the amount of efficiencies are almost endless. Like everything about current construction would be improved. Maybe not like some of the more aspects like how you're going to uh, insulate it or something, but I mean, that's going to be improved as well. So uh, I was just reading a lot about this, and I thought how freaking crazy would it be to just like, you can invest in 3D printers right now that could print houses. They'd be small, but like imagine, you know, five or ten years from now, we're already in basically what I was reading on Wikipedia is like the second generation of 3D construction and 3D printing construction. And I don't know. I just think that, like, how wild would it be? Like, could you ever imagine yourself, like, being like, man, I just want to get a house and fucking build it in, like, a couple days. And Can I use your 3D printer? Yeah, boom. Just lease it out, pay, like, like, like the, the total cost of the house. What was cool about this one in Russia, too, is they did, like, interior shit, too. It wasn't just, like the mold of the house like it was like almost all aspects related to the foundation of the house um yeah just just contracting that out getting it done in a day knocking it out it's sturdy as fuck you know like <laughs> it's, it's just straight cement it's not like it's wood with like all this insulation and shit it's like cement um so i don't know i just think that's really cool that's wild man i do think that that is that definitely sounds like future tech you know that blows my mind <laughs> printing an office building what the fuck yeah dude you know? dubai i can't even 2016 like, I, I i can't even think of the process like i can't even visualize it being 3d printed well do you know i mean do y'all know how 3d printing works though i mean it's basically yeah, like I've, layer by layer just building up each little part until the top layer is done and you've got the whole thing done. yeah yeah max imagine taking a like the cross section of something going vertically up with it and every layer that that cross section would see is basically what it's adding to it as it goes yeah, yeah. to the top. So, so these are giant 3d printers, I assume. Yeah. Right? They're about like uh, 10 meters tall. Oh my so like gosh. 30 to 35 feet. Holy guacamole. That's, so I mean, that's weird. cool. Like I, I always, I've been talking to Darren about like, there's no like new cities. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like all of the population centers are established. Yeah. And I, that kind of bums me out. There's no one like putting a flag in the sand out where I'm like, I'm going to fucking build a city here. And this kind of stuff makes it seem like that kind of growth would be more, would be way po more possible, you know? Yeah. Because I think about how overcrowded all the most popular cities are because like, that's where everyone wants to go because it's the only places to go. Yeah. <laughs> it's the only you know cool I mean? spots. Yeah. And the, and the reason why they're doing this is because apparently there's like a housing crisis in Dubai. Like Dubai is apparently like has all these huge, crazy buildings and like marvels of uh, you know architecture and landscaping and stuff <laughs> well dude it's like if you go to dubai it's supposed to be super dubai. dope dubai um <laughs> it's supposed to be super dope right it's supposed to be like yeah. really impressive but it's like if 18 year olds created a city but it's one of those places where like average people kind of have trouble living there and so this is they like literally contracted this from a chinese company to make 1.5 million homes that are like affordable and cheap and quick as shit and <laughs> with a hundred 3d printers like that's you know it's a good amount but it's not like it's like For it's not like an army of printers million. like it's like it, it like you could do way more you could scale more you can make like 
big houses. Like some of the ones that I was looking at, you can make like 5,000 square foot houses of 3D printers. Yeah. You know, it's crazy. Yeah, dude. That's really cool. We gotta, we'll have to follow this story. Yeah. Cool. We'll do. That's super dope. That's That's my future boner yeah. for the day. Thank you for your future boner. <laughs> it was enjoyable. Um, all right, I'll, I'll take it next. You know, since we've been going a little bit long, I'll make it a little quicker. But uh, I'm going to use this time to talk to Blessing about the Nintendo Switch. Oh, dude. Let's do it. Because <laughs> you and I, I th- you're definitely, I'm, I'm the only one on this show that's gotten one. I know that you have a Nintendo Switch. So before yes. I jump into the, uh, the news story, I just want to hear in general, how are you feeling about the, uh, the purchase, man? How are you liking it? Dude, like, leading up to the N- Nintendo Switch, like, I had, I was, like, really down on it. Like, I was, yeah. I was hating so hard on Nintendo. Wow, and, like, like I, I, I love Nintendo, right? And, like, Nintendo's, like, my childhood. I root for them. I always hope they're successful. But, like, I saw, I saw the first trailer for the Nintendo Switch, right? Which was, like, late 2016. And I was like, oh, cool. This thing looks like it's going to be great. Like, it's a console at home. You can take it around. It's going to be handheld on the bus or whatever. And then the Nintendo Switch presentation happened in January, which is, like, their presentation talking all about the Nintendo Switch and all of its features and all that good stuff. And that sucked. Like, they, <laughs> like, every, like every, every part about it sucked. Like, they, the games they announced were games that, that I don't think anybody could care about, like, except for, like, they announced, like, Mario, Splatoon 2, Yo, uh, Zelda. and don't forget about the Diamond in the Rough, Project Octopath oh, yeah. Traveler. Project Octopath Traveler. That game Traveler looks so dope. Looks lit. Like, and that's not even a joke. Like, it actually, like, the name is hilarious, but, like, the game itself just looks Yeah, like, pretty it cool. looks so good. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but, yeah, there's, there's so many things about that presentation and a lot of news leading up to the release of the Switch that was leading me to believe that this was going to be like the next Nintendo failure because their previous console, the Wii U, of course, was basically a failure. Uh, not even basically, like it was a yeah, failure. That's by like, categorically. Paper, that's like, yeah, yeah. Good old yeah. fashioned failure. Good old fashioned Good old fashioned failure. failure. <laughs> like, Text, biggest textbook failure. Like, yeah. <laughs> Great failure. Uh, but like getting the Switch, and I had to get the Switch, right? I, like Zelda looked yep. too good. And I'll, yeah, I already Zelda made this promise to myself. Like I made this promise to myself <laughs> late last year of like, I, not even late last year, like a, a while ago, that I'm like, dude, I'm going to get Nintendo's next console. Like, yeah. of course, they're probably going to like port all the great Wii U games to this one, hopefully. That's like, what I was thinking, too. Yeah, like, hopefully, like, we'll get Smash on this. Like, we already got Mario Kart announced and coming out soon. Uh, hopefully, we'll get um, uh, Mario Maker, uh, or I guess we do have Splatoon. And, like, all, like, the best games, right? Um, and there's still no sign of Mario Maker, which makes it kind of sad, but... Uh, yeah, no, like, I'll, I I already made that promise to myself that I'm going to get this thing, and when the presentation hit, I was like, dang, this thing sucks, but I'm still going to get it, because I already made that promise. <laughs> I already, like, I filled up my Amazon account with, like, credit just so I can, like, get get this thing. Um, I woke up and tuck myself in the mirror every morning. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, holding this thing, I have it in my hand right now, because I always have it by me. And so, like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's my new dope. butt buddy. So it's my it's my new. I I sleep with it. It's it's sick. Like it it's slick. It feels like a like a 2017 piece of technology, which is not something you yeah. could have said about the Wii U. Um, no way. The Wii U felt like a toy, right? Like it felt like some Fisher Price piece of garbage. <laughs> but the the Switch, I feel like, feels like a beefy tablet um with like these slick kind of slide off controllers and it feels good it works well i'm still a bit worried about like the software coming to it like i hope it has good software but 
from a, from a functionality standpoint of it right now, um, it feels good to take around. Feels good to play on the bus. Um, it's comfortable, and even like the multiple con- control schemes are comfortable. Like you can slide off the controllers and like have a have a they call them Joy Cons. Have a Joy Con in each hand, and it feels good to play. Like like I played a lot of Zelda like that, and I enjoyed it. You can play it with like the Joy Con grip, which is like basically turning the two Joy Cons to one controller. That feels good. Like it feels better. Um, there's a Pro controller that's like seventy bucks that I'm too poor to get. Uh, yeah, I've heard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I've heard great good. things about that. Of it. Yeah, uh, the the Joy Cons attached to the Switch itself, like the tablet mode. Uh, I mean, every way I've played the Switch, and I've played it like almost every way at this point, is uh, feels comfortable, feels great. Uh, I I hope that I hope that games are able to come to come on it or not come on it. That sounds weird. Come to it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, come with name it. of the episode. Yeah, this is what happens when you give me alcohol. I hope games are able to come to it. <laughs> and <laughs> I hope they're able to run well. Like yeah. playing Zelda, Zelda is great. It looks beautiful. All that stuff has a has a beautiful art style. And the thing is, like, you get to more populated areas in the game, and the game starts chugging. Like the frame rate starts dropping. Um, and I hope right. that's not like a common thing. Like, I hope more like beefy games and more um, hope bigger games than Zelda are able to come to the Switch and be able to run smoothly like skyrim is announced for it and so we'll see how that goes um but yeah so far it's it's great i'm enjoying it yeah so i was kind of in the same boat i didn't buy the wii u so i was like i'm gonna get nintendo's next console because i wanted to buy the wii u it just was so awful looking that i didn't and i gotta play zelda um and so i was happy that all these people bought it at launch and so now with our next story which is i'll keep it super brief it reads castlevania successor bloodstained is coming to the switch and it simply says the next game by castlevania mastermind koji igarashi is coming to the nintendo switch and just to paraphrase quickly essentially they had to cancel the wii u version but they're bringing this game to switch and so blessing when i saw this for the first time, it put me in an interesting position, and I want to get your take on it. When I had both an Xbox and a PS4, it was a no-brainer to me that I was going to buy all third-party games on the PS4, and I basically just had the Xbox for, like, Halo and stuff. I eventually got rid of my Xbox, and now I have a Switch, and I feel like for the first time, it's not definitive what console I'm going to buy these third-party games for, because now I've got a Switch that offers totally different like usability and a feature set that the ps4 doesn't and i don't know like if i want to buy this on ps4 for like the trophies and that kind of thing or if i want Mm -hmm. to buy it on switch to carry it around and just have it there same thing with like rhyme rhyme got announced for nintendo switch as well and i'm like damn i don't know like which one to buy it for so where do you fall down on like First of all, are you excited for Bloodstain? And second of all, if if you are, or even if you aren't, mm-hmm. just you know, pretend like a game that you want was coming to both. Like, how are you going to choose which one to buy it for? Dude, okay, so this is this is the exact thing that I've been like telling people is that like uh, after this after the Switch presentation, I was kind of like justifying people like, okay, well, the Switch still has this thing going for it: the fact that you can still play games on the go. And they had like FIFA there. They had like some random games at the pre- presentation. And I have a, had a conversation with some friends, and they're like, okay, why would anybody buy FIFA on this thing? And I'm like, dude, you can play FIFA anywhere you want. Like, that's, that's like, the, the only justification you need to be able to buy FIFA for the Switch as opposed to a PS4. 
Uh, I'm not really looking for it. Well, I'm not, I won't say I'm not looking forward to it, but I'm not like super hyped about uh, Bloodstained because I've never really been a Castlevania person. But in the same vein, Ugh. I am like super hyped for Ukulele, which has has right. the exact same story of like it was going to come out for the Wii U, but they pushed it to Switch. Uh, and I'm faced I'm faced with this dilemma right now. Actually, I don't really have like a good answer for it because uh, Ukulele comes out on the PS4 in like two weeks, just about, and mm. I have it pre-ordered and it's also coming on the switch and i don't know whether or not to cancel my pre-order um the only the only reason why i'm keeping my pre-order right now is the fact that they don't have a switch date like it's supposed to come out this year but they don't have like the day and date whereas whereas in ps4 they have like the uh it's coming out april something like the first week of april right um and so i'm still struggling with it because it is a thing for me of right now trophies and the fact that I have a solid release date versus waiting for a bit and then like no trophies, but I get to play it wherever I want on like this Nintendo console. And it and that yeah. specific game even like uh, it's a Banjo Kazooie successor, which means that like it's kind of at home on a Nintendo console. And so uh, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't really know, man. Like that's what I'm saying. Like I just I just think the whole conundrum perfectly highlights I think the value that the Nintendo Switch does offer on arrival. You know, mm-hmm. and it's just an interesting it's just an interesting little conundrum to have. So anyway, I wanted to bring that up real quick. So blessing, if we want to move on to your last news story before we take a little break here. Yeah. So like the news that I brought uh, is news that it, it's not really that new. Like it's not from the last week, but um, it's it's relevant. Um, it is. It's from like either last week. Or <laughs> yeah, it's gonna be a Marvel like Cinematic it. Universe. Yeah. So, <laughs> so the the next ten move. No, I'm playing. So, uh, the Xbox Game Games Pass. No, Xbox Game Pass. Uh, was announced. This is my second podcast today, so it's hard for me to talk. Uh, <laughs> it was announced. It's basically basically to kind of break it down. It's basically Netflix for Xbox games and like games. It's not even gonna be just exclusive Xbox games. Like games in general. Like, um. But yeah, this is a thing that's happening on xbox which isn't necessarily like a new thing uh for games like uh the ps4 had ps now which is a similar thing but not done like this um the difference with the way xbox is doing it is uh the fact that uh you can play games you can download games and play them which is like a huge thing because on ps now uh, you could only stream games which cause for latency problems like especially with games like shooting or anything that has to do with like uh having quick reflexes like that didn't really work out well on ps now um i I tried playing uncharted 3 on ps now didn't work um it worked but like it sucked because i couldn't shoot fast enough uh but with xbox game pass like you can download games play them natively um also it's ten dollars a month um for like 100 plus games that they're going to keep adding to um and building the list and so like it's a legit deal and i think yeah uh the reason why i wanted to talk about it uh, is the fact that like i think it's understated how big of a move this is especially like in an age like today where you see streaming services uh becoming like or not even becoming they have become the thing right with like spotify netflix uh itunes music is that what it's called yep yep yeah and like streaming services are the norm now and they haven't been in gaming like uh, PlayStation tried to make it a thing. I don't know if they tried to like push it as hard uh, because I don't know how confident they were, or I don't know maybe they were just feeling the waters and it didn't pan out like they wanted it to. Um, but it seems like Xbox is or Microsoft is taking um, a bigger step towards that direction, and even causing like Sony to rebuttal. Um, and I don't know if this is like already planned for Sony or if they this is already like 
this is something they had to do like on the spot but like they've already like lowered the price of ps now and like they've they're actually did they lower the price i might be making that up i might have to look that I'm up not sure i haven't I been able to check that out it was like 20 or 25 bucks because they, they now they adjusted right. some stuff about it i know it was i know it was expensive before i think i think it was expensive as um, shit i had it for like three months because wyatt wanted to play a bunch of games and it cost me like 60 bucks or something <laughs> crazy i was like yeah Fuck. but that was like that was like one of the crazy Hope you like the games little kid yeah <laughs> that was one of the crazy things about ps now is because like the price was kind of off the chain for it um and like the game selection wasn't that great but uh sony has like announced that they're gonna start adding ps4 games to ps now and so now you have a thing yeah, of like that. yeah things are gonna get more competitive i think in this specific space and i think that's gonna make for um a more interesting and probably like a better uh gaming space because these services um i think it's something that a lot of people are gonna want to get into you know especially people who buy new consoles like imagine buying a new console then for like paying 120 dollars a year you have access to like all of the games you missed over like the last like two or three or four years like i think that's it's a crazy proposition and like unlike movies right like movies or shows like you get like a certain amount of time out of right i get an hour out of a movie on netflix or i get like 10 hours out of a season on netflix right games you can get like 40 hours uh, hundreds of hours like there's a lot of time and a lot of content there that i think is um makes for an interesting like space and so yeah i just kind of want to bring that up yeah. I see Xbox and like especially recently with all their cancellation of like the games that they've had and you like right now you see PS4 kind of like hitting its stride with its exclusives, right? Mm-hmm. And this year especially just has already been awesome and it continues to look even, you know, better. And when I when you look at the Xbox slide of, side of things with their software lineup I just can't even like really name anything that's that's coming down the pipeline. But in the other side of things that they keep doing with, you know, backwards compatibility and now this mm-hmm. Game Pass, like it is an incredible value proposition. For ten bucks, you can download a hundred games. And I remember Phil Spencer even saying recently on like a, another show that I was watching that he's even trying to make it uh, palatable for developers to even to want to like launch their games into the service. So he's trying to do something where. Becoming part of the program is is not only good for getting people to like maybe notice your see your player play old games that you've made, but also it's profitable for you as well. And so I'm going to be interested just to see what the original like down like what the subscription rate is going to be, like how many people initially go with it. Because um, like I don't know, for me personally, I'm never looking backwards for games to play like I always feel like I have games down the road that I'm ready to play and games right now that I need to get through and so I don't really see myself getting a service like this but I wonder how this hits more general like consumers you know you see like the thing about Xbox is you're right. There doesn't feel like there's anything on the horizon at all. I mean, I know it's like a running joke that I've definitely seen on Twitter a lot to where it's like, we got, like, you know, PS4's got, you know, Horizon Zero Dawn. We got fucking Zelda for the Switch. We got Netflix on Xbox. You know, it's just like, <laughs> and I see that and it's hilarious and I love it for the humor wise. But like, literally, I have no, there's no reason for me to want to, uh, like, get an Xbox. But I will say that when I own the Xbox 360, 
I had a plethora of games that I played and that I loved. And like when I had the Xbox, I was constantly looking back at older titles because I'm a fighting game player. Right. And I was constantly finding old school fighting game gems in there that I spent a lot of money building a huge library on old fighting like games. Right. Mm -hmm. So to me, it just seems cool to have something that's very simple and keeping something like $10 a month feels so much different than like $11 and up for some reason. You know yeah. what I mean? Like mm. something to where you're like, oh, barely 10 bucks a month. Like that's nothing to just always have those just available for no reason. For me to be able to be like, oh, I can go play Street Fighter 3. Yeah, right a now meal. If I wanted to. Or I could go play the JoJo's Bizarre Adventure fighting game. Or I could go do all that right yep. now just for the price of, yeah, a meal every month when I bought this, you know, Lenny's sandwich that's as big as my arm. <laughs> it's delicious, it was but it's, it's a meal. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think it's super cool, but I, I think and hope that PlayStation 4 just kind of like comes and nips it real quick. Or not nips it, but just like does the same thing. Yeah, responds. Right, because yeah. I feel like they have the ability to. All they have to do is just honestly copy them. And it's just like, well, it's nullified again, and now there's no reason to have an Xbox. That's what I think is interesting about both of the last two stories was kind of like after this last sort of like generational... Um, what has been provided by these different companies, uh, it seems like PlayStation's kind of like pulled ahead, right? They like they made the PS4. They kind of won, right? Wii U definitely didn't win. No. And then Xbox kind of floundered a little bit. But it sounds like both of these, both Nintendo and Xbox, have both rebounded with their own like competitive strategies, right? Yeah. It sounds like Xbox is like kind of providing like a comparable yet objectively different experience to PlayStation, whereas like Nintendo's is straight up different and you have different considerations to, to, to think about when you're going about making your, pur your purchase or whatever. And so it's just nice to see that competition's always good. It's an American frontier. You yeah. know, it's just yeah. good to see. It's good to see that, uh, you know, one's not pulling ahead and we're not having a, a monopoly or yeah, anything Yeah, nobody like that. owns the gaming industry yet. It's nice to see that things are maybe uh, getting a little heated again. Yeah, that's yeah. cool if they were to like launch titles on the system itself, like Netflix Originals. Like, I don't know how Netflix works. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a wonder. I have easily watched <laughs> 75 times as much content as I had actually paid for it. You know? <laughs> right. I think and an interesting... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. I was just going to say, like, I don't know how they could make it. To, like, you know, you got all these huge Netflix original movies and shows that are obviously profitable for them to make and provide on Netflix. Mm -hmm. So if Xbox could get it to that point to where you would have to, like, not only have an Xbox, but have Xbox, whatever Originals, it's called. Whatever. What's the service? I don't know what the service is called. Xbox Game, Play Pass. Game Pass. Yeah, Xbox Game Pass in order to play it would just be, I don't know, it's interesting and kind of cool. Yeah. Yeah. I think as far as like the idea of new games coming out on, I think that's like a good, uh, I, I think that's probably something that's probably most likely going to happen because uh, you look at a launch, like at a game, well, uh, I launch, dang, I can't talk today for some reason. You look at a game like Rocket <laughs> League, right? And Rocket yeah. League launched for free on PlayStation uh, via PlayStation Plus. And that was a game that was super profitable because it built up. Uh, a good player base and then like they sold stuff through mic microtransactions and this is all like cosmetic stuff it wasn't like deep stuff that had to do with like gameplay or anything like that um and that game ended up being crazy profitable and i'm looking at the games that they have announced for it because like even chase made you made the point that like you you're not really like looking backwards and in, in terms of games you want to mm -hmm. play um and for this they have announced like halo 5 guardians is going to be on there payday 2 
NBA 2K16 and Soul Calibur 2. Dude, Halo 5 is going to be a part of the Game Pass? Yeah. And like... So they're literally... Oh, okay. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Halo 6. Never mind. <laughs> oh, yeah. 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 <laughs> that makes sense. What? My future boner. <laughs> <laughs> the point I did want to make, though, is that like those four games, right? Those are all games that are basically platforms. Those are huge right? games. Like Those are games that people... Those are multiplayer games, and those are games that people keep playing, right? They're, they aren't like... Um, right. they aren't like Quantum Break, right? Where like you play Quantum Break once and then you're kind of done with it, right? You've spent 20 hours sure. of that game, you're, you're done. People probably still, I don't know, I don't know Halo that well. I assume people will probably play Halo 5 like crazy still. People will probably, people will for sure play Payday 2. Uh, 2K, uh, Soul Calibur oh, 2, yeah. like these are games with communities and I think, uh, I oh, think that might be Halo. the, the target for like at least future games to come out newly, right? Like, um, imagine like somebody has a game that's like more of a platform thing. Uh, it has to do with, it has um, multiplayer, which has uh, been the it. general trend for like the last couple of years. You yeah, know? like now, now the conventional wisdom that if you you know your sales come for the first two weeks and that's where you make your meat, like that's kind of been upended. And there's now quantifiable data and multiple examples of games that have made have sold more games. Uh, a year from when it released than it did when it first launched you know mm-hmm. yeah and so like i i, th- I think i think it'll, it's going to be interesting watching um microsoft pursue this and i think like their strategy is interesting too because like you said like playstation is killing it and i think it's understated like how much playstation is, is killing it with like yep. exclusives <laughs> like smashing like, you got you got neo <laughs> you got horizon zero dawn you got uh resident evil 7 vr you got Persona um, five Persona Five is coming out. I'm gonna spend near, like near Automata. Hours. Near Automata, like that's five right there. As as opposed to like Xbox Zero. Like I can't think of one <laughs> exclusive Xbox game that's come out. And yeah. I, I think that's. I mean, I think that is like a problem for Microsoft. But I do think that right now their way of kind of responding to that is like via platform uh, updates or like changes to their business strategy. Like that. They have a weird thing going on where every exclusive Xbox game is now like also on PC, and so like really there are no so weird. Is no, there are no new Xbox game or exclusive Xbox games? But um, they are responding with like Scorpio is coming out later. Um, this Games Pass is gonna be is off the chain. Like I said, backwards compatibility was a thing. New controllers, like the new like the Xbox One S or whatever. Like they're responding in different ways other than exclusives, which isn't. I'd like to see like a gaming landscape of like where everything started equal. Like Xbox started way, way behind, um, right. but it seems like slowly they're trying to catch up. I don't know if they ever will, but uh, it's 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 interesting to see this dichotomy of like okay, this like games upon games upon games on Sony's side versus like the platform changes um, and that kind of stuff going on on Microsoft's side. Yeah, for sure. I mean, just to to wrap it up, I think them being in the spot that they are has just made forced them to consistently make extremely consumer friendly moves so that they can get the mind share and get the goodwill, you know, yeah. and every time they do, it just puts pressure on everybody else, which makes us makes everybody win, you know? Yeah, that's true. Yep. Well, guys, thanks for cutting that short. That short and beefy. sweet. We got that. <laughs> <laughs> But let's take a little breather. Okay. Maybe come back for a halftime on these beers and see where we're at. Okay. If you want to keep up with the show after the microphones have turned off, be sure to follow us on social media by searching Witty Banter Show on Twitter and Instagram and liking us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Witty Banter Podcast. 
Want to steer the conversation or be a part of the show? Just go on down to wittybantershow.com and leave us a suggestion for a beer or a question for us to answer on the show. And if you like what we're doing and you want to support the cause, head on over to iTunes and leave a review. And feel free to share it with your friends. Let's get back to it. See, now it's getting even sharper and like quicker with you your got beeps. beeps. They're now. getting up there. Well, there's confidence there now. Is that you know? it's Nevada? <laughs> it's a modest. It it's a modest yeah, confidence. That's the, new, yeah, that's the Nevada talking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking of uh, halftime in this beer, a little bit. I'm on number two because I figured because it's, it's you know it's a very palatable beer. Yep. I should be treating it like it was something I'd be drinking in large quantities. So yeah, yeah. So. And we have large quantities. Yeah. Plus we have the beer, which so makes you it might way as well easier. Just go ahead and drink those. Mm-hmm. Uh, as I've been drinking it, it gets more and more delightful to to sip for me. To sip? To drink. To drink. Yeah, sorry, just clever To quaff? <laughs> to uh, Inhale. Yeah, to slurp. To yeah. <laughs> slurp. Don't. Slurping Gurgle Max over hey, here. You gotta keep that adjective out of here. <laughs> Very slurpable beer. <laughs> oh, man. This beer's got like a really good uh, like malt base to it. Yeah, you can really you can really smell um, and and taste the malt that they use to brew this beer with. Uh, it's just extremely well balanced. Like the the uh, the color kind of surprised me when I think pale ale. I didn't think it was gonna be as like amber as it is, but it's really hard for me to draw any sort of flavor notes out of this thing. If I were to try to go for something, I think this falls more in line. Like when you, when you talk about hops, like normally, normally there's like two camps. There's more of like the citrusy side and there's more of like the piney earthy side. I think this is on the piney earthy side of that scale. Yep. Like it does kind of smell like a little pine needly, uh, to me, but it's not that the lack of flavor notes for me are taking away. I think it just goes to show you that this is the kind of beer where it's not trying to put any sort of bold flavor on a pedestal in front of you for you to enjoy. It's just there for you to drink and sip while you have a conversation or something, you know? It tastes like a beer. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> for real. Like, isn't that The weird? most profound review <laughs> yet. <laughs> Like really, you're right because you, we're you know we're so like used to just finding that like what's the weird flavor of this or what's like the distinctive thing you know? to pick up art and be like ooh that tastes like a chili pepper or whatever, but there really isn't like a standout flavor like that. It's just all of the normal ingredients. It's like a burger. With yeah, it's like lettuce when you just have a really good burger. You're like, fuck. Onions, that was and you're like, whoa, burger. that burger was dope. And you're like, what's so good about it? Like, you're not going to be like, the patty together. was fucking pristine. <laughs> yeah. you know? I mean, that's the only thing you can say because you can't be like, well, it had all the stuff you've already had before, but it was really dope. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah I, I agree. like it a lot. Yeah. And Chase nailed it with the piney stuff. I mean, that's exactly what they say on their website. They even got some pine trees, it looks like, on the six-pack On the six-pack well, six picture. Itself. Um. Yeah. But yeah, it's it's just like I'm gonna use this boldly, straightforward. Oh, I think I, I, I think it's I think it's very like again like accessible. It it doesn't like reach too far in any one direction. Like it's malty, it's hoppy, it's uh you know, but it's clean and smooth and crisp, and it's just like hits all the right notes. I don't got I don't have anything like that uh, that really takes away from it for me. So it's mm-hmm. like. 
it's almost like I don't really actually I would say that I have lots of ales and I have lots of IPAs. I really don't have a whole lot of concrete experience with pale ales. And this is almost like the model pale ale. Like when I want to get a pale ale, this is the one that I go get usually. Yeah, that's the end of So it. yeah, it's kind of a model of its type, in my opinion. That's I'm gonna <laughs> lay it down with that. Yeah. You really All did right. lay it down there, didn't you? Got any more for us, Blessing? Oh yeah, like I echo everything you guys just said. Like it is it, it's it seems very traditional. Like it's chill. Like it's, it it goes down smooth. Like it's it like you said, it's it's basically beer, but it uh, <laughs> it it's like if beer had like an easy mode, I feel like it'd be that. Right. <laughs> like it, go, it, it, go, it, go, it goes down smooth, and so I enjoy it. Yeah. Good. Well, good thing we also relied on a pretty easy mode segment to do for today as well, uh, and a traditional one at that. Today, we're going to be doing a top three. My number three comes down to Jice! I'm going to have to give number two to the ghost of Mark Wahlberg. Pretty sure my number one's got to be Witty Banter. All right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the quintessential Witty Banter segments. I love lists. From the okay? start. I love top anything. You know, I'll watch <laughs> a top anything for the most part. And because Blessing is on the show, and Blessing, you are a big video game fan, right? Oh, yes. Yes. Not only video games, but I've also heard you're also a music fan as well. Oh, yes. Oh, oh yes. yes. That's a double yes for you. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> and sometimes in the world, uh, you actually get a mixture of the two in that Venn diagram. You actually get a little sliver of good video game music. So for Music does make its way into video, into video games, games now. every now and yeah, then. Every yeah, every once in a while you go, hey, is that music playing in my video game? That's so weird. Those are so <laughs> crazy and different. But so for our top three, <laughs> I was going to go ahead and do top three video game soundtracks cool i'm excited for i this feel like one. this one's been bubbling Man. for a while i feel like chase has probably wanted to do this yeah for i'm a sure bit. chase has wanted to do one and i think i've wanted to do it too i like good yeah. music in a good video game i think i'll have a nice interesting approach i'm gonna have trouble contributing the way that i know you guys can so i'm gonna like sit back until i know like till one comes <laughs> Just rank the top you know? three uh, Guitar Heroes one through three in the right order, pretty much. No, I'm joking. <laughs> oh, look, let me Those let me count. let me go and kick it off then on on that note because my number three, I'm gonna say Guitar Hero two. I was gonna. Oh, is that gotta count? Be. Is that okay? Is that? Okay? I think it's it totally. To it's gotta be okay. That was like my first question. Are we doing like licensed video game soundtracks? Yeah. Or, like, <laughs> original or like does it? Oh matter? yeah, dude. Like like if Tony Hawk. Because that's pro that's skater, my answer. That's different like, though. It's gotta be. Yeah, but license like that's cool. That's fine. But like the only Guitar thing is, is with Guitar Hero two. See, if it was Guitar Hero three, I'd be like, get the fuck out of here, right? Right. Guitar Hero two is a little different. It's more obscure music. It actually exposed me to a lot of music I would not have heard if it wasn't for Guitar Hero. Some of my favorite. That's what bands I'm saying. Now. It's a great mix too. Like it's not songs individually that I would necessarily go to, but I think taken as a whole, it's a perfect offering. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what 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 did we get from Guitar Hero Two? It's like a what solid was, album. Yeah. What's a solid song? Yeah. What are some solid songs from Two? Thunder Horse. We got this. Yeah. We Freya. I was gonna say Hangar Eighteen. We all got into the sword pretty much through that. Free Bird. Free Bird is on there. But yeah, like YYZ. Um, free Institutionalized. Killing in the name. What was Message in a bar- bottle? Mysterio. 
Mother, come on, dude. Was Mother. Valiant Thor was? Uh, oh yeah, oh yeah. Was that on that one? Because that's mm-hmm. literally how I got into Valiant Thor. Yeah, was Pangea that song? Or and being like, this is the tightest. That's song what I'm saying. The ever. fall of Pangea. Like the guitar in this song is super fucking. Yeah, it's totally even, you. Even, oh, even push, tattooed love boys. Push push lady tattooed. lightning. Push push lady lightning was mm-hmm. in there. Oh yeah, guitar hero two for sure. That was <laughs> the fucking best. I think we already went to my number one. Oh right. <laughs> that's my number three. Yeah, that's a good number three. That's a good number three. Um, for my number three, it's, I'm just throwing it out there now because I don't think that you guys have listened to the soundtrack, but mm-hmm. this is more of like a push for you guys to listen to the soundtrack because it's actually the Guilty Gear accent core fucking soundtrack. Dude. And I don't know if you've heard it, but some of the best riffs I've ever heard in my life really? are <laughs> on that fucking soundtrack or in that fucking And this game. is a fighting game. This yeah, is, this is a, fighting. a fighting game. This is a brutal fucking awesome rock and roll anime fighting game and it is so fucking tight and the fucking <laughs> metal riffs in this first off like it it adds to the fight itself right like each fight is a fucking just like chugathon of fucking riffs and they go with every fucking hit and the fucking like rhythm is perfectly in line with the pace of the fucking game and i'm just gonna throw this out there right now throw it out there feel the fear is in my top three riffs of all time oh shit go look dude. up the beginning this of this song stamps on top the three riffs of all time it is so fucking good dude <laughs> it's insane and it has three it's, i'm gonna check dude, it out it's so tight it's so fucking tight put some nice beefy bassy headphones on when you do it too because there's a good old-fashioned like drop and fucking chug in there and it's fucking awesome <laughs> dude but yeah seriously if you haven't heard it accent core fucking mwah. Best, <laughs> best video game. That's good. All right, nice. blessing. What's my your turn? number three? Uh, yeah. Man, am I allowed to give like shout outs before I get to my number three? Oh, dude, that's fair. Yeah, Go please. for it. All right. Throw Two quick shout outs because these don't make my list, but they they're like they're fighting in my head for a while. For number three, I want to give a shout out to, to Sonic Two. Um, all the Sonic, Sonic soundtracks dude. are, are yeah. lit, but Sonic Two, I'm just gonna choose because that's my favorite Sonic. Also, um, crap, what was the other one? Oh, Pokemon. I want to give a shout out to Pokemon because the Pokemon oh. soundtrack is like a staple. Uh, in my life, and that that soundtrack is like the most memorable for me. But uh, yeah, I was about to say, like you put any you put any Pokemon song on, immediately people recognize it. Oh yeah, I can tell you exactly like where that song comes on, and like everything everything about those songs. Uh, my number three is Grand Theft Auto San Andreas. It has like nice. yeah, that's yeah. A, yeah, that's a good answer. And that's like a that's a that's a licensed soundtrack, but that game also like the radio stations that game introduced me to a lot of different uh types of music that i would never have listened to otherwise uh that game like introduced me to uh ice cubes today was a good day like (laughs) one of the the best hip-hop songs like just period uh you know a lot of easy e a lot of like hardcore gangster rap which i didn't know i loved until i played that game uh and then also that game did a weird thing of making me like country music for like a brief Ooh, period wow. of time. Like so I was like <laughs> How yeah. brief were we talking? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I was like eleven years old when I played this game and I was driving uh you get to a certain point in the game where like you're like in like the outback. Uh not the outback, sorry, it's America. You you're in like the country area and uh when you like steal cars in the country they're like automatically on like the country stations 
And so you'll hear songs like <laughs> Mama or no, yeah, Mamas Don't Let Your Babies Grow Up to Be Cowboys and stuff like that. That's a great and that's a great song. Yeah, that song that song was lit, dude. Like I heard that song and I was like, yo, this is my jam. Like I can't like I can't like eleven <laughs> year old bless was just like I finally found it. I can't I've got my entry point. <laughs> like, oh yeah, this is it. Like I can't I can't roll up in the hood and play that on like blast because I'll I'll probably get beat up, but like <laughs> yeah. that song, like deep down, it, that song is rooted in me, and so that soundtrack means a lot to me. Yeah. I mean, I feel like I'm going to be a fast follower on a lot of these. Y'all will probably, like, give me ideas that I'm like, oh, yeah, fucking that. Yeah, which one of these will you vote for? Um, like, if I was going to give a shout-out, it'd have to be Guitar Hero 2, if not in the top three, right? Like, yeah. that, that song was super crucial in my fucking upbringing. <laughs> yeah. um, my number three is also going to be a fast follower. I'm going to put Pokemon. Like, the, yeah. like, even almost just, like, every part of the, the Pokemon stuff, like... When you get on a bike, it's a new one. It's like, (laughs) you know, and like you get, uh, and then you get, dude, and then you get into the fucking Elite Four, and like they all kind of have like different stuff, and then you get to Lance or, or no, it's Gary. Like you thought you won, right? You beat Lance. You're like, he's the fucking dragon trainer. Like, I won. And then you're like, oh, wait, you got to be Gary. (laughs) And then you go and meet Gary, and he's like, I'm the best Pokemon trainer in the world. It's like, Gary is just such a not intimidating final boss name. He's not. Right, though? Well, that's why you get to (laughs) name him at the beginning. And you name him like uh, Ass Oh, that's the best or something, yeah. you know. Dick butt. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, my son ass face. <laughs> 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 Professor Oak, you're a dick. <laughs> um, he had to grow up to be the best trainer. <laughs> there was nothing else he could have done. He would have been like, a disgrace. And, and I've had this like recent, like I, I sent y'all like this weird asphyxi- asphyxiation with uh, 8-bit soundtrack. Like I just love Dude, mod- loved I love modern yeah. music in 8-bit sounds. Like that sounds fucking awesome. And, well, it's um, because what it does is it, it perfectly distills like the melody. Like I feel yes. like it perfectly distills what the song's DNA is. You know, yeah. And, and even going to just Pokemon, like it is kind of rather cool that all they really had to go off of to show you what a, who a character was was this tiny sprite and then the music behind them, mm-hmm. where like the music and kind of maybe their Pokemon entourage showed you like who this person's personality was. Yeah. And so that's that's pretty cool. And they had like a battle music you know and like i don't know i just it was one that like i probably like you said like it's just ingrained in me and like i even just will catch myself being like you know just fucking (laughs) just doing it because i love it so that's my number three it's a good choice all right i'm gonna throw in my number two and this one almost took my number one spot almost but it's going to be uh, the Wind Waker soundtrack. Hmm. I had the Zelda the Wind Waker. I had the privilege of seeing the Legend of Zelda like orchestra concert twice. And I, like I've always loved all of the Zelda games music. It's always like a quintessential part of the games. And Ocarina of Time's music is just like legendary. And but whenever I was at these concerts, whenever the Wind Waker songs came on, I was like, man, I like these songs like way more. And then I went and played Wind Waker again. And like the first time you get on to the ocean and you're in your boat and it's just like these sweeping strings, like it is truly like majestic, 
You know, and I don't think I've ever gotten like a feeling of majesty from a game soundtrack ever before, like I did with Wind Waker. And on top of that, you just also have like the really fun and playful tracks of like whenever Link is in his hometown. Um, the battle music is really cool with like all of the the way that they use percussion and like you don't realize it. It's like this very upbeat song, but when you're sitting there listening, like there's a dude on drums who's just like pattern away at the snare and stuff. And there's like always a groove to every song. And like that game just has such a, such a distinct personality. And I feel like that personality is brought out and amplified even more by its soundtrack. So I'm going to go with that one. Is that what they sounded like in the game? Did they sound like, like that orchestra sound? Oh yeah. Yeah. It's, it's an orchestral score. That's actually, Pretty tight. Mm-hmm. Oh man. So who was my was I second last time? Did I go second? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this next one I get a little chastised for, not just because I like the the soundtrack the best, but I also like this game the best out of the series. And it's Final Fantasy Ten. Ooh. And everybody is just is that like, controversial. Oh, right? Max, you don't like Final Fantasy VII more than Final Fantasy X? You must be a fucking dickless asshole. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Imagery. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, okay. Sorry. But I fucking played Final Fantasy X in like the most like coming of age time of my life, dude. And that was right when the score, I mean, this is like PlayStation 2. So the music, like, there was no barriers, like, audio-wise, like, at all. Not that there isn't, like, the charm, like you said, of, like, the 8-bit era mm-hmm. and, like, those earlier games where they had to have those sort of, like, muted soundtracks because they're, like, they sounded more like video game music. But this was just straight up, like, a, like a score, you know? For the first time, I'd ever really heard that and associated it with a game. And just the Xanarkin theme and just, like, how everything was, was like... The music alone would bring me back to these certain specific parts of the game that were very fucking emotionally impactful. Yeah. And it was one of my first times ever experiencing that with a video game. And it was just insane. And just to this day, I still get them feels every time I, uh, every time I hear that soundtrack. It's okay. It's super cool. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. What you got, Blessing? So my number two is going to be Undertale, which... Is yeah, a relatively need to play that fucking game. Oh, it's so good. You, yeah. you guys should really play that game. It's it's really cool. <laughs> it came out uh, in 2015, I believe, and uh, it's an indie game that was made by one dude. He did like all of the he did the writing, he did the programming, he made the music, he did everything. And the music in this game is, I mean, it's on this list. So like, it's one of the best soundtracks. I have it on my to. list, so it must be the best. Yeah, and so like. The, th- the thing about this game is that, like, it, it's it's trying to emulate um, an NES or an SNES-era uh, game, right? It's, like, 8-bit. It's an RPG. It's trying to be, like, Earthbound, essentially. And uh, it does it does the thing that any good homage, homage does, and it takes the best things about uh, what made those old games great, and uh, it kept all the great things, then kind of left, like, the bad things to, like not seep into this game and so like it took all the best elements of like the music um of like uh uh chip tunes i believe is what they're called like the 8-bit kind of soundtracks um and then basically this dude made made that stuff his own and uh uh made it his own made his own interpretation of it and kind of just killed it um that's really all i have to say on it like it's it's just like an overall great soundtrack it's very moody in some points um 
some of the tracks are just way over the top um, during like boss battles. Uh, it's just like a very entertaining uh, soundtrack. Yeah, I often find like whenever you the best sort of sometimes like the best art is often defined by its limitations. And so when you look at like pixel art or especially old pixel art and in this case like chip tunes, what's so cool about it is the fact that they had to work within these confines and what you can make inside those confines is usually like it you become defined by them but also you excel in spite of them. And so like putting those confines on yourself purposefully and then trying to make something out of it, like it's really cool when that kind of stuff succeeds, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. Um, so I number two <laughs> and I actually really didn't get to play this game and I hope I am not stealing chases. Number one. If so, let me know. <laughs> and I'll just you are. It's going to be Fez. Yeah. Is that your number one? That was definitely my number one. one. So yeah, I'll, I'll help you out on the uh, on, okay, on the you were gonna go yeah, next I mean, anyway. Yeah. You just follow up with a better explanation for why it's why it's. Great. <laughs> I thought it sounded but, really cool. I mean, I I, I was <laughs> I was a bystander, right? I watched I got to watch Chase and Darian play this game, and it's it's really cool. Not only the fact that like the guy who created the game created the soundtrack, right? He was the one that like made all the uh, music and shit for actually, it. Actually, no, the guy who did the soundtrack, his name is Disasterpiece. Oh, okay. I guess I thought they were one and the same, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, it's almost like um, it's almost like it does mix bits of the eight bit sound with like modern bassy soundscape music, and Chase had a vinyl of it, and we would just he would just put it on some days, and I'd be like, "This fucking jams, dude!" Like I could just yeah, I could go to just walk anywhere i want to with this shit on and it, it'll put me in the mood to just like <laughs> either just chill and do nothing or go and do something so yeah i don't know it's just i don't really know a whole lot about like the individual tracks on it but i just know that it's very well made i i just respect the effort a lot yeah i don't often listen to uh, just instrumental music but this whole album uh, it's just called the Fez OST, you know, original soundtrack. The whole album is completely instrumental, and the songs on the album are structured differently than how you hear them in the game. And the way that the songs flow, like, it goes from like really catchy and upbeat, almost like music that you'd expect to find in an epic eight-bit game, to really big and like scary, almost soundscapes, like you were saying. And this this album, I would put on every night that I was going to work on my capstone research paper and always about like 40 minutes in is when I would hit like my absolute flow in writing. And there was a song called flow and it was like, dude, this album like knows what it's doing almost, Mm -hmm. you know, like it's working itself up into this specific point and then totally changing and unleashing itself. And I don't know, like you were saying, blessing, like all of these songs now, when I listen, like it, it can take me back to the place and the time in the game. But apart from that, like this was the first soundtrack that I actually, I have more experience with the game Fez with the, through the soundtrack than I do the actual game. Like when I think of Fez, I think of the soundtrack more than I think of the game. And I think that's a huge, like that's a huge statement because the game is so good and memorable and is so unique. And just, 
if if you're looking for something to just if it's a dreary day and you got to ride the bus for an hour, put this soundtrack on, dude. Like it's going to put you in an interesting headspace. It's going to make it's going to stimulate your mind. And that's why I always liked it, you know. Yeah, for sure. So yeah, that's my number one. That sounds pretty good. Sounds very deep, you know. Sounds very original and very cool, you know, for the game. Well, I took. Don't patronize me, boy. No, I'm just saying that. Like, <laughs> <laughs> mine is definitely just a uh, accumulation of really, really awesome licensed songs. But the first time I ever played Tony Hawk's Underground. I was oh, yeah. just blown away by the fucking soundtrack yep. of this fucking. I didn't game. know music like that existed, dude. It, you know? Yeah, and the fr- and like I was I was looking them up here in my spare time about what the differences were between each uh, Tony Hawk and special shout outs to Tony Hawk's one and two. Those had great fucking soundtracks. Man. Yeah. Oh, dude, three, three was Three's awesome. Like, dude, that <laughs> had fucking me. yeah. That had a uh, yeah. CKY was on that one. That was fucking sick. right. It had an amoeba. Nice. Yeah, man. <laughs> but Tony Hawk's Underground, everything from like uh, like it giving me music that I already knew, and mm-hmm. was like glad that it was being appreciated. Like the refused. Yep. Was on that. Um, the fucking <laughs> the addicts were on there, which is a fucking sick punk band that I had listened to before that game came out. Uh, the transplants, the fucking Clash are on there. Like, dude, this game was just fucking insane. Mastodon and the fucking rap on this fucking game was fucking <laughs> insane. <laughs> bus Driver, when uh, first time I'd ever heard Bus Oh, Driver, dude, Bus Driver uh, was so good. Yeah, it was through Tony Imaginary Hawk. Places. I feel like yeah. I heard the Ramones. I'm here to hold your hand when you uh, yeah, From so Tony Hawk's awesome. Pro Skater. Yeah, man. Yeah, the Ramones were on there. Fucking R.A., the Rugged Man. Fucking Deltron 3030. Dude, this thing was fucking stacked. So I just <laughs> had to give it the number one spot. It really is just... I mean, and that was also like, as a kid, just the whole fucking Bam Margera gang was yeah. unfortunately had a very big influence on me. And I oh, took yeah. the best parts of it. What do you me. mean, unfortunately, dude? That We were forged in the crucible that of Bam Margera. That is very true. <laughs> and... Um, it really did help pave the way for some of the music even that I listen to now and why I listen to it now. And it was mm. just yeah, very important to me. Mm. Nice. So my number one uh, is Persona 4, which is a game that I actually nice. played for the first time about half a year ago. Um, and that game's soundtrack is incredible. Like I don't know if you guys... Well, so I know good. Chase has played Persona 4. Um, I don't know if the rest of you guys have played Persona 4, but... Basically, it's a Japanese RPG, and uh, it takes place in like this like ta- this like random suburb in Japan, and it's it it revolves around high school kids and them trying to like save their town from like this force that their town doesn't really know exists, and it's just really it's 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 really out there because the soundtrack is filled with Japanese pop songs, and yeah. No lie, like, I didn't know until after I beat the game that, like, I think about all the songs were, like, sung in English. Like, I thought they were, like, Japanese lyrics, but I looked up the lyrics and they're actually English, and I was like, oh, no, they just sound really Japanese. (laughs) Um, (laughs) (laughs) So, like, that might have been, like, acutely racist on my part. But, like, the, the... Apart from, like, not understanding what they're saying, like, the melodies, the energy, everything behind the music of the game uh, spoke very well uh to what was going on uh at first like it's, it was kind of jarring because i'd never heard a soundtrack like this in a game like it's very um it's very upbeat 
it's very in your face. Like you you uh, go to like an area like outside, right? You go to like the town area, and all of a sudden, like they're singing like this this pop music that's like upbeat, and you're like, oh, okay, cool. I guess I'm having fun now. Or yeah. you go, you get in a battle, and all of a sudden, the song's like super hard, and like it, every, everything kind of fits where it's supposed to be in this very unique way that I haven't seen in other games. Like this game kind of found. It, it found its own footing, but also it made it work. In fact, it made it work like better than other games who made it work in their own games. And so, like, uh, the soundtrack I think is is really special, and it does a cool thing actually. Um, and like, I these, these aren't spoilers. And so, um, if you if you're playing Persona Four currently, then maybe like dip out for a second. But the, this isn't really a spoiler, <laughs> and so you don't really have to worry. But uh, later in the game, like, so throughout you play the game throughout the course of a year, and so like towards the last like fourth of the game you're playing it during winter um and so like the the music kind of changes uh during the winter and all of a sudden the the song that plays in the background is this song called snowflakes um and it's all it's all about like snowflakes falling on the ground it's like it's a song that you can that it, it sounds very English. Like, it doesn't sound like Japanese like the rest of the soundtrack. It sounds, you can tell, like, oh, she's singing in clear English and stuff. Um, but it's very chill. It's very gentle. It's very, like, soft. And it marks, like, your last hours, your last days with the game. And the the moment that shift happened, you could kind of, like, feel... There's a different feeling to the whole game. Uh, everything kind of slows down and... Um, it kind of uh, feeds into the mechanic mechanics going on in that certain moment of the game. Um, like everything, every literally everything in the game kind of just slows down and takes its time and chills. And the way that that specific song um, uplifted the whole feeling around that uh, kind of made like the whole game for me. Like it, it cemented uh, the greatness of that game to me. And so, yeah, that soundtrack to me is just like incredible. Yeah, I loved how front and center the soundtrack was. And normally when you think, like there's some games where they'll use like very atmospheric, like inside, right? It's all like atmospheric noises and stuff. And that like kind of puts you in the world. There was something about like how straightforward and poppy the music was a Persona that, but it still gave you a sense of place in where you're playing. You know, mm-hmm. it was like this weird inverse that I'd never seen before. And whenever like I did lose access to Persona, I realized like whenever I was the reason why I missed the game so much is because the songs were stuck in my head. I was just walking around singing the persona songs to my head. And I was like, I have to fucking get back to this game because this, these songs are like, it's all that I like think about. And like, they have enough variation to that. They are changing whenever like you're changing uh, where you are in the game. But there's also they're also repeated enough that like they, you oh, just dude. get to know them. So they're well, repeated you know? so much like persona is the first game where like the music in the game made me feel nostalgic for a game that I was currently playing. Like I was like 50 yeah, hours right? in Persona and I was like, man, man, like I it, it felt like I had played Persona like my whole life or like I played it during my <laughs> childhood when I didn't. Just like hearing like cuz the yeah, like uh, the soundtrack does repeat a lot and you would think that like after like 60 or 70 hours you'd start to get like sick of it, but weirdly enough like the songs grew on me after like 60 yeah. hours like even further like they're like <laughs> cemented in me to the point where if i if i hear one of those songs that i have like an immediate like kind of like reflex of like oh i'm in a battle yeah. or like if i, if yeah, I think about Pers- yeah you feel it and i think about persona i think about the music and so like yeah the, the music has ha- the music has such like a, a deep 
uh, connected presence within the game that kind of, that kind of makes the player absolutely like feel it and so word all right hunter we're hanging yeah, on your man. your every Finish win it off what's the best video game what's soundtrack of all time? <laughs> so unfortunately like i'm gonna kind of like rehash and cop out a little bit um i made it a shout out earlier but like i think i would be remiss to just not say guitar hero 2 is my favorite okay guitar hero 2 is my favorite we've already kind of discussed that but i would also like to like bring up a couple of ones that are just like ingrained in like when I think about video game that I attach to music, um, one is Street Fighter Two. Awesome. Street Fighter Two has like a couple of like songs that like I hear and I'm like, that's Street Fighter Two. That's awesome. I oh, fucking yeah. love that. It brings me back. They're right? cemented iconic themes. And then also uh, Halo, like Halo Three. Yeah, I'm surprised that wasn't like, on there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you gotta yeah, love all that kind of shit. And like, they had some some driving fucking guitar riffs. Got Steve Vai on there, bro. Yeah, dude. Was he really? And um, I don't know. Those those are two like kind of shout outs that that I identify like good music like accompanying the game that I also enjoyed. But I mean, I just I fucking love Guitar <laughs> Hero two, and that was like. Guitar Hero 1 was great. Guitar Hero 3 was pretty good. Guitar Hero 3 was like, or Guitar Hero 2 was like, it was like an era for me. There was like, yeah. I would consider that an era of like my. Yeah, there was life, there was life before and after Guitar Hero. <laughs> yes. And, and it's kind of, it's weird, it's this weird thing where it's like the, the, the sum is greater than the whole, or. The <laughs> synergy. The whole is synergy. greater than the sum of its parts. <laughs> synergy. There's, synergy. There, there's so many things that were like connecting during that time, even outside of just the music for me. Like the great friendships I had, and school was fun, and sports were easy, we and all this kind of shit. Cooler when that game and came fucking out. we became cooler. <laughs> Let's we not be cool. real. In high school, and we, we were, were cool good at when music, Guitar Hero Two was out, and we were like, "Oh, we're getting it was recognized." Almost like we were in a band because yeah. we could play that shit in front of people, <laughs> and they'd be like, "Fucking impressed!" Like legitimately, when impressed. girls literally swooned. Yeah, they'd be like, <laughs> "Holy shit!" Matt Scott got a hundred on Push Push Lady Lightning. <laughs> I didn't think that was possible. Um, but yeah, so I mean, like, I, I, I know I mentioned it as a uh, shout out before, and I think I was just doing that kind of in, in trying to do whatever y'all did. But I mean, that is my number one. That is my like. That is what I associate as like a great soundtrack of music with game. There's nothing wrong with that. Cool. Yeah. Well, you know, music is pretty great. Uh, news is usually pretty great, and. Um, you know, letters are usually pretty great, too, as well. But I think we've kind of been running a little long right now. I think we're pushing about 14 hours. <laughs> yeah. So uh, normally we'd be listening, doing, I'm surprised. Yeah, say, normally we do some emails here. Uh, but I think we're probably just going to, you know, let's just breeze over that. You know, let's just keep building the build catalog the stock, you know, to keep reaching back because we're I mean, yeah, we, we've got this sick gravy train rolling right now but there might be a time when we run out of gravy and we're gonna have to rely <laughs> on some of those fucking we don't emails want mustard. to hold us up right we, we want to keep on digging in that gravy <laughs> the gravy i'm not gonna get ranch with my chicken tenders give me the gravy please <laughs> i don't know man. i'm not ranch, a crazy yeah, i'll person. take that i guess you haven't had those houston style chicken nuggets. <laughs> yeah, that is a key part of houston style i chicken forgot nuggets. what that was but it still makes it's me gravy laugh. and milkshake and also your chicken nuggets as well. That's houston style, chicken, style nuggets. chicken nuggets um so let's just go ahead and let's put some numbers on this beer 
Okay. Hunter, you go first, man. I need help. I can't. I don't know what to say about this. I was this. like literally about to grab for another beer, and then I'm like, wait. I guess I'm going first. <laughs> um, on a scale as one is to usual hundred. with this show, I don't have a whole <laughs> lot left <laughs> to really contribute at the end of the show. <laughs> Run it on empty. Uh, right. Um, just give me, just fill out the scales here. One to ten on the chugometer. On the chugometer? Yeah. I'll give it an eight. Eight on the chugometer? Okay. <laughs> one to ten on the straightforward meter. Nine. One to ten on the gravity meter. <laughs> Don't ask me. Don't I'm, I'm not an astronaut. Okay. <laughs> well, it sounds like you got a between an eight and nine or here. If I'm, you know. Yeah, I mean, like, I just feel like it's it's one of those like. I, I mean it in the best way possible as like cookie cutter. Like yeah. this is exactly what I want from a pale ale, you know, and and like in my fucking mediocre understanding of what a pale ale is. <laughs> Right, I think of like an IPA, and I'm like, okay, that's like super bitter and hoppy. And I think of like an ale, and I'm like, okay, that's a little more malty and a little more tame. And a pale ale, I imagine to be like right in between that, right? I'm like getting a nice dosage of hoppiness, I'm getting a nice dosage of uh, of maltiness, and it's crisp. This this is crisp, and it's a good looking beer. And the fact that they're able to fucking distribute it the way they do and keep up the quality the way they do. I'm just like super. I'm impressed by this beer. I like this beer. <laughs> um, <laughs> Stamp it. I feel like I feel like he in order for me beer. to give something like a nine. Oh boy! I usually that's only point five away from the top of the scale. <laughs> hey, you true. fuck off! I'm just kidding. Uh, but <laughs> sorry. In order for me to give something like a nine, it has to be like contributing something almost unexpected, like, which isn't fair because I've had this a lot, but like, um, like, like something that is like, man, like, it's really Hunter, hitting just, on this. And just put a number <laughs> on it, man. Just put us under. I'm just misery. trying to explain why it's not a nine. Okay, I'm gonna give it an eight point five. God damn! Nice. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm sure. To Max. <laughs> well, let me think about it. Now, see, I just got to put this out there right now, and I've been thinking about it a lot lately, is that I need to, like, open up my scale more. You want to explore the scale. You know? And I'm doing we it with We all this come beer. to that point in the witty banter lineage. We're, we, I got to do it right now. I'll be this is uh, the one Wow, I'm it. surprised this is the beer that's going to explore it. No, no, no. Here's the thing, though. I don't mean this in, like, I'm going to go down with this beer. I just mean, like, I can't keep giving stuff eight and up. Because I feel like I'm just eight is just not hitting you like it should anymore, and I've got about seven <laughs> points of room. And eight doesn't mean anything. It's like honestly, it's like I've got seven points that say this beer sucks, right? You know what I mean? Like if it's a six, and like what went wrong? You know, that's what you immediately assume. It's kind of true. But when I drink this beer, the first thing I think of is just like, damn, this is a really good six. Solid. And the reason being is I'm changing my my scale up. All right, five is the middle now. All right, we're not doing grades. No 75% passing, no A's. No. This is five yeah, is the middle, shit. okay? Five. And that's fucking, this is a six, and that's because it did five perfectly. It gave me the most simple, straightforward, fucking crispy pale ale I could ever want with nothing else really in there except for it did everything in there perfectly and right, so it gets an extra point for that. So I'm going to give it a six on Max's new modified scale. 
Okay, I'll, Which, I'll, that's I'll pretty be, good. I'll be sure to input that on the Excel sheet <laughs> that <laughs> Max oh, right. modified his scale. Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot that. <laughs> My scale, yeah. I mean, this is going to be something to consider. Okay. I like it. This It works. Yeah. Let me go a little bit above you then. I'm going to do a seven. And I'm for almost the same reasons that you say. Like, this beer did, like, it. when you say, like, cookie cutter, Hunter, I'm thinking this thing defined the edges, though. You're right, you know, yeah. Cre- In the best created, way possible. It created the shape, dude. And like I there's like nothing remarkable or even uh like unique or stand out about it, but it is definitively like one of the best beers that I've been able to just like sit down, drink and and not and not forget about in the way that like it's forgettable, but that like it's just it's the canvas for which I've hung out with my friends on. It's not you know imposing. I mean? Yes. I'm going to go with a seven. Okay. That's a good score. Nice. Uh, man, it's, it's hard for me to rate beer because I'm not like a beer person. Um, Today's a great day to start. Yeah. Today's <laughs> a great day to start. I don't know. Now that, now that you guys are like exploring the scale, it's hard for me to like really speak <laughs> on it because if I were to like put in a word, I would say like it's, it's average as far as like yeah. from, what, from what I've experienced up to this point. Right. I think, it, I think it's average. But in my head, I was like, oh, yeah, an eight. But an eight is an average, right? It, eight is, like, great. Yeah, right. On, like, but right. exactly what I'm scale. thinking. Is it average yeah. in delivery or is it average in quality? That, and, and that's kind of what I would hmm. push more up on mine. Is I think mm. it's high quality. Interesting. That's true. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Also, this beer has me, like, feeling a certain way because I, I, I've discovered today that I'm, like, really lightweight. Like, I mean, I'm <laughs> You're discovering something about yourself through this I'm beer. I'm discovering so myself that, today. You know, yeah. Um, no, I think I'd give it a six point five. I think uh, it's average. It's not, it's not. It's not bad at all. It's like it's good, but it's not like moving me. You know, like it's not like it's it's not like inspiring me to do good things or great things. Inspiring <laughs> <laughs> you to do anything good. I think I'm gonna go with six point five. Yeah, that's a perfectly good reasonable. Right, that's very reasonable. I respect that score. Uh, thank you so much, Blessing, for being on the show. Uh, oh, thank you guys. Been, yeah, uh, I really appreciate it. Yeah, it's been really fucking It was a cool. pleasure. It was nice. Very truly. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah I enjoyed it. this. Uh, I, feel this like, is... I feel like I got the chance to express myself, and so... <laughs> good, to do good. it again, yeah, If there's man. anything else you need to express, now's the time. <laughs> oh, man. Let me tell you guys about the election. No, I'm just Yeah, that's only for Hunter to do on the show. Uh, <laughs> the election guy. Um, but now would be also a chance to just throw out any plugs where people can find you, like, you know, what, you know, how to follow you, how to, you know, how to be a part of Blessing's life. Oh, yeah. If you if if you want to follow me on Twitter, you can do that um, at Blessing Junior. That's at Blessing Jr. Um, you can also find all of my I don't want to call it content, but I'll call it content just just because do you it. all my content. Um, uh, all of our contents is OK Beast is more than one person on OKBeast.com. Uh, we talk about games and culture. Uh, it's, it's it's good stuff. You can find you can also find it on YouTube.com. Um, uh, if you search OK Beast, we don't have the URL yet. We are still working towards that. Um, you can also find uh, my beautiful weird voice on uh, the OK Beast podcast on iTunes. Oh, right on, dope. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah, definitely follow this dude on Twitter because he's one of the few that actually like talks and interacts with people. Yeah. There oh yeah, I, I love talking to people by. on Twitter. That's good, yeah. So if you want to go harass somebody, go harass Blessing on Twitter. Perfect. <laughs> oh, please do. All right. 
but if you want to harass me, uh, you can follow me at probably Max. If you want to harass Chase, you can follow him at Bodacious Chase. If you want to just harass us both at once, for the most part, you mm-hmm. can just say uh, follow us at Witty Banter Show, and then sounds hot. Yeah, well, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The segues, right? <laughs> and then if you want to, uh, f- you know, go to our website at WittyBannerShow.com. We have all of our uh, episodes up there, as well as some pretty pictures and stuff like that too. <laughs> uh, but guys, let's just kick it off, man. I mean, thank you guys for all being on the show. This is awesome. Tis a pleasure. Uh, one more adios blessing again. Thank you so much for being on. Oh, thank yeah, you, man. Yeah, yeah. do you seriously? But yeah, let's all uh, go ahead and beat up boop out of here. Okay, beat up boop boop boop. Adventure.